Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 42. John and Wendy talk to Molly Lombardi. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How's it going, John? Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, yes. We are recording well before that time. This show is going to land or drop, as the kids say, on Thanksgiving <laughs> Thursday. Wow, we have a lot to be thankful for this year, Wendy. I, I, yes, we I, do. You know, as I kind of look back, you know, this has been a tremendous adventure over the last uh, eight or nine months, and lots of wonderful things have happened for us personally and mm-hmm. professionally and everywhere in between. And so yep. I would start by, you know, obviously, I'm very thankful for having you as my co-host and partner in crime in this adventure. And I just can't thank all the guests that have been taken part and the folks that take part in the chat. And we'll be talking more about thankfulness and reflecting on that in the, in the chat this weekend. Yes, we will. And it's, you know, it, it, I'm very humbled and thankful for all of our listeners and everyone who ha- helps promote uh, what we're doing here because without them, we wouldn't keep doing it. <laughs> so thank you to everybody. Uh, I hope you are listening to this uh, while with one ear Maybe watching football one year, listening to us, enjoying some delicious turkey and eating until you just can't anymore. And then uh, enjoying Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and of course, which we'll get to a little bit more, Giving Tuesday. So I think that's going to get us into our, our conversation here, John. It will. I will say, too, for our non-U.S. listeners, we are thankful for you as well. And however you may celebrate your respective holidays, enjoy them too. Uh, You may not be having turkey and watching football, but we're thankful for you too. And uh, since we are recording this on Canadian Thanksgiving, you know, a special shout out to our Canadian listeners um, on the day that we're actually recording. So yes, very good. Thanksgiving to you guys. (laughs) Well, again, a lot to be thankful for. And I'm very thankful for our guest. I had an opportunity Mm -hmm. to meet her uh, a few weeks ago. Thankfully, uh, Lori Rudiman was kind enough to make the introduction. And I told her before we started recording, I could not think of a better person to have on as we reflect and in, in this period of Thanksgiving. So Wendy, I'll let you make the introduction and we'll get started. That sounds great. Uh, super excited to have Molly Lombardi here with us tonight. She is a researcher, writer, speaker, and advocate focused on the intersection of human capital strategies technologies, and processes. Her work has appeared in such publications as Fast Company, The Wall Street Journal, Inc., and and other industry trade publications. Her main focus is primary research aimed at helping individuals and organizations blend efficiency, engagement, inclusion, and performance through the use of technology. She is co-founder of Aptitude Research Partners and has held a number of leadership roles at industry analyst firms. So welcome, Molly, to our show. So excited to have you. Thank you so much. Yes. Our first question is, what's in your glass? You know, it's empty right now, but it was my husband's um, first uh, first wine of this year's batch. He, uh, among many other talents, he he presses wine with some friends, and it's a lovely blend of Barbera and a little bit of red Zinfandel, and it was lovely, but it's gone now. Oh, how fun. Wow. I think that's That's the first time you've had somebody with homemade wine on. Yes. Yeah. Tremendous. Among his many, uh, many skills, that's one he's picked up, though. (laughs) Very cool. Molly, you know, I know we, as I mentioned, we had a chance to visit uh, a little, little while back and we we talked briefly, but tell us a little bit, how exactly did you get started in the HR analyst space? 
Yeah, well, you know, as I told you, I had a really classic background for a research analyst in human capital management. I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Theatrical Stage Management from Boston <laughs> University, which is the classic background for any oh, yeah. research. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Everyone goes to art school to get a BFA, right? <laughs> that was sort of the start of my career. But I really say that theater training was great for corporate America because there's divas and there's deadlines and there's budgets and you know, <laughs> to navigate people. So actually, it was a really great training ground. But when I left school, it was sort of, do I move to Manhattan to make $100 a week? Or do I you know, try and figure out what I want to do here in Boston? And um, sort of fell into a assistant role at a research firm, a research and consulting firm, and basically was too dumb to say no to anything and got taken into rooms I never should have been in was a CIO of Johnson and Johnson and Owens Corning and all these, you know, great uh, companies that I never should have had the right to be in the room with <laughs> their CIO and CEO and CHROs. And, um, you know, sort of, that's how I got my start you know, doing research and helping some really great uh, consultants and analysts and talking with business leaders. And here we are. I like that uh, that quote you have there. Too dumb to say no. I think that is uh, something you people should probably time. live. You know, it's you know <laughs> why not? Why should we say no to things? Jump in. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Molly, what is the next major focus that you see for your client base? Sure. Well, I've been on sort of this hobby horse lately about the ability to sort of have radical transparency around what skills are worth at a time and a place at a level of competency. So how do we get really good at saying, this is what you know how to do. This is what that's worth in our environment and being able to be transparent about that for reasons of pay equity, for letting people make decisions, for having honest conversations about, hey, your pay might not go up and to the right if you're not able to continue to build skills. You know, so I think there's a real going to be a shift towards this ability to have sort of this radical transparency. And I think it's going to allow us to cast a wider net for talent within our organizations if we do it right to cross lines of gender and racial and ability uh, physical ability you know sort of that's my dream that if we can get really good with the data around what skills are worth at a time and a place we can really you know open up what we define jobs and work as uh, going forward so but I was raised by hippies so it may not happen that way but <laughs> <laughs> my hope is we'll, we'll aim for that and we'll get some more close <laughs> Molly you, I had spent some time on your blog and we're reading some of your tech posts and you know it, it's interesting you know I come from a musical background you know teaching background and uh-huh. you mentioned you know coming out with a with a BFA and how does that apply you know a lot of HR pros seem to be intimidated by technology or at least understand the impact and you know how it really does affect their business and how they do their job regardless of what the the task may be or what kind of space they're in but you know, I'm sure you see that a lot and with your, with your, sometimes with your clients, you know, what advice have you given or do you give to those individuals to get comfortable? I mean, let's face it, we all know uh, we're going to continue to see those shifts and we know AI is upon us and in many places it's there, but you know, how, how do you, where do you see it and how do you address it and help people with that when, when it comes up? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I say, you know, jump in. Um, There's so many great, you know, technical bloggers and analysts and people in the space, you know, there's other my colleagues from other firms that talk about technology. Um, there's so many resources out there. I, you know, there, and people love to talk about te- the technology. You know, go to a show, go to a Sharm or an IRM show, go to HR Tech or go to Unleash, and talk to people. I mean, people want to talk about their products if they're if they're vendors, but even users, um, users like to talk about their experiences with specific technologies or with general 
types of technology, whether you're looking at learning systems or talent acquisition systems or performance systems, um, we're a chatty bunch. <laughs> so <laughs> I really encourage you to, uh, to you know, just talk to people. There's people who have really, there's some really, really, really smart people out there um, in, in our space that are willing to chat with you. So don't be afraid. There's no too dumb question. You know, we, we've heard them all. And so I think, you know, just uh, jump in and ask questions. I think it's the best way to really get started. Do you see more concern, I guess, with some of the, the things that are coming? Uh, I mentioned AI a little earlier. You know, we've had yeah. Eubanks on talking about it. And certainly, you know, I think okay. Wendy and I agree there's a lot of really cool stuff that's happening that we're excited about. But, you know, I guess I guess the, the change of the, the pace of technology changing, maybe even accelerating. Do you see that heartburn yeah. for people? Certainly. I mean, it's sort of the line between, you know, really interesting and really creepy. <laughs> Very fine line. Um, but I think it's also, um, you know, one of the things I think we sort of have to accept and that millennials are better at that, that accepting, I think, than a lot of us is every bit of convenience comes with some trade-off for privacy and security, which is sort of a shame to say, but it's a bit true. And so some of it is just getting comfortable with the idea that, yeah, things are going to continue to change more and more rapidly, but they're going to change in your personal life too. So I think, you know, being open to it, being smart about it, asking questions, but I do think people get a little bit, you know, upset about it, but also we've gone through massive change before and we, we always find our way through. So I think um, it's, it continues to be another lens and we were talking about mobile and social and how that was going to invade and change our lives. And it did, but we, you know, got to a new normal. And so I think this is just another lens that we're going to continue to see um, other iterations of in the future as well. I like how you're kind of putting that we've, we've always adjusted regardless of what technology has come forward. I, I think about my, my mother and my mother-in-law talking about how, quote, spoiled we are by electricity. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, I know. It's amazing. I'm, I'm, my great-grandmother, whom I'm named for, when I think about the changes that happened in the 110 years since she was born, you know, I mean, she's gone now, but when I think about my namesake and the 110 years since that time, it's like, you know, she was riding around in carriage, horse-drawn carriages, right? And look at where right. we're at. Yeah, we're, yeah we're, we're spoiled, and, you know, how can we get along with electricity? I'm like, I don't want to know. <laughs> The Wi-Fi dims and I'm like, you know, cranky. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Molly, we since it is Thanksgiving and we have a, a Giving Tuesday coming up right around the corner, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about um, HR Gives Back. So yeah. you started that on October 21st, 2015. Can you tell us the significance of that date and what led you to start HR Gives Back? Well, you know, Marty McFly, Michael J. Fox. <laughs> um, yeah, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's myself on September 23rd, 2013. Oh. Not like it was a big deal, you know, or anything. That. <laughs> um, when I was diagnosed, it took me about six or eight months to really to you know, sort of come out to my industry and community. And what I realized as I was going through that journey and as I started to talk to people and got involved with the Michael J. Fox Foundation, realized how lucky I was that I could sort of come out to my community and that I had so much support, that I wasn't afraid of losing my health insurance, that I wasn't afraid of losing my job, and realized that so many people literally and figuratively are silenced by Parkinson's. One of the symptoms can be the lowering of the volume and the, the slowing of the pace of your voice. That's clearly not a symptom that I have yet. <laughs> But I realized that I had a platform as well as a voice and wanted to do something with that. And I realized that in the technology community, I knew people with some personal and organizational wealth that I could separate them from to the benefit of curing Parkinson's. And so um, with some industry colleague friends, we figured that HR tech that year happened to fall on the day that Marty McFly came to the future, you know, October 21st, 2015. And we thought it was too big of a coincidence to give up. So we sort of gorillaed together the first year of HR Gives Back and raised over $30,000 that first year. And, and uh, you know, it, the, uh, the adventure was born. I absolutely love that. I, I love the, 
the date and the significance of it. I think that's yeah. just fantastic. Well, starting with HR gives back to a future that Parkinson's, right? Because we wanted to tie in the movie thing, but that was right. Say, so HR gives back. The URL was available, so uh, you know, here you go. I love it. And Molly, part of what you're doing this year is a 365 and 365 yeah. challenge and hoping maybe you can talk a little bit about that and, you know, you'll have a chance at the end to kind of plug what you got going on, but tell listeners now too, you know, how can they take part in, in that challenge and then HR gives back? Absolutely. So HR gives back is sort of the umbrella and it's always been tied around some of the annual events, but this year I really wanted to make it a little more personal and a little more year round. This is the fifth anniversary of my diagnosis this September. And so not quite celebrate, but mark the occasion, wanted to do something a little more meaningful. And so I launched this campaign to, you know, walk, bike, drag my carcass 365 miles over 365 days. And along the way, I'm going to be, when I travel to shows or when I uh, meet with people, I'm doing doing the uh, Mile with Molly interviews. So, you know, we'll take a walk or we'll take a bike ride and chat with people about their jobs and about their work experience to kind of tie in my two worlds. And I'm raising money along the way. I'm looking for people to donate. I'm suggesting a donation of $47 because that's what the cost would be of my drugs if I didn't have insurance. So really looking to donate a year of my, you know, treatment to help cure uh, cure Parkinson's disease. And my brother, amazingly, has also stepped in and he's doing a thousand miles in 365 days. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So we're both uh, out there <laughs> doing our doing our thing. And it was really, he totally surprised me with that idea. So, and actually it turns out to be the distance between the arch in St. Louis where he lives and Faneuil Hall in Boston where I live. So oh. he started at the arch and he's going to finish here uh, obviously it's not continuous but <laughs> next year so people can donate to support him or support me we'll give you all the information at the end but yeah i really wanted to make it a little more of a personal journey this year and i'm so I'm blogging at the hrgivesback.org website about my journey both sort of philosophical as well as uh, <laughs> and uh so sharing uh sharing this year with everybody to uh to raise awareness and funds i love that that's just awesome so yeah you know, a gift yeah, let's put out the challenge. Come on, uh, listeners, uh, be sure to uh, donate. Uh, you said $47. And we'll right? take 47 cents. We'll take whatever you can do. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, we're suggesting a donation. Of suggesting $47 to the 365 and 365. Let's exactly. see what we can do. I, I love it. Um, yeah. Happy to be a part of that. Absolutely. Well, Thanks. It's been such an honor for people to share their stories with me. And I, I thought I was prepared for, you know, the reaction when I, you know, outed myself, if you will, but the, the stories and things that people shared and, and blessed me with has been really amazing. So I love it. I think that's fantastic. Well, Molly, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, the half hour question connection. Woo-hoo. All right. So first off, how has networking helped you in your career and what's been really effective for you as, as far as networking? I feel like I'm a terrible networker. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> says that. <laughs> I think the best thing that I ever learned was Evernote and writing everything down. And then when you go back and search your notes before you see the person again, if you remember one thing they said, you're like a miracle worker. So <laughs> it's my only hack for, for networking is, you know, just, I just write everything down and so that I can search it because I, you know, I remember things, but then I don't remember who said them or how long ago it was. So uh, that's my, that's my one hack. It's <laughs> a good hack. Molly, who do you like to uh, read or follow when it comes to gaining new HR insight? Well, obviously, we talked about our friend, Laura Rudiman. Um, you mentioned Ben Eubanks. He's fantastic as well. My co-founder, Madeline Lerano. I mean, I have a Twitter feed full of um, a lot of the usual suspects, Chris Dunn's and Tim Sackett's of the world. And I really have tried to put together a, a roster of people on my 
Twitter that sort of feeds me the serendipity of of things that come across across all these people's uh, desks. So sort of using them as my curators to find out things that are interesting. So I think if you go to my followers list uh, or following list, uh, I think you'll find a bunch of people. But I try and keep my ear to the ground for both end users that are really smart, people who work for vendors that are really smart, and other sort of uh, thought leaders and thinkers out there. And uh, you know, sometimes you have to just sort of let the feed wash over you and things pop out at you, but uh, I use that to kind of keep my keep my ear to the ground. Molly, what's your favorite movie? I have to say Almost Famous. It's just one of my favorites of all time. I love uh, Cameron Crowe. I think he's an amazing director, and It's All Happening is one of my favorite things to say ever. <laughs> <laughs> How about your favorite musician or band? So I have to admit that I had this answer before I listened to the Lori Rudiman episode, and it's oh. the Bare Naked Ladies, Wendy. Ah. I was pleasantly I was surprised when I heard you say that, because I was like, nobody's going to say the Bare Naked Ladies. But. Oh, I love them. I love them so much. I think I saw the first time in like 92 or 93. Just, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's when I fell in love with them way back in the early 90s. Back in the craft box dinner days. Yes. Yeah, I saw them in uh, Boulder, Colorado, and they... Uh, they did a, a live version for a local, the local radio station has a, an album that they would put out every year and they'd have people come in and sing. And uh, they talked about driving to the Mork and Mindy house and oh, yeah, nice. craft macaroni and cheese the whole bit. It was awesome. Yeah. Well, I used to live in Ann Arbor and they came into Detroit because it was just across the river from Windsor in Canada. And so they were mm. So my yeah. dad took me to the Fox theater in Detroit to see them in like 1992. <laughs> And he liked them too. So <laughs> they're a fun band. I love. I love it. Yeah. Uh, favorite TV show? Got to be The West Wing. I still watch it all the time. Oh, it was a simpler time then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, you know, typically I try to find connection, but you all found bare naked ladies. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I had a, I had one of my roommates in college was really into them. This is also the early '90s, and I'd never even heard of them, and he would go to shows I guess they played Nashville a lot I don't know they where we were probably living in Nashville. Yeah. but he got to know he, he got to know him I, I don't oh wow it, it's yeah it, he he was a singer and a theater oh. guy and oh, you know I don't cool. know could I don't know it was it was but he always talked about it and we always thought it was funny because I thought he was making it up I just thought it was <laughs> like, bare naked ladies yeah it seemed kind of odd but in no. hindsight, it's kind of neat that, you know, because it was, that was pretty early on, I think. In their yeah. Years. Well, and for some reason, there was a, a, a radio station in Boston that called them their house band, and they came to Boston all the time, too, which is where I Oh, wow. Oh, okay. So, yeah. My, yeah. My, my brother won me tickets to see them once. So. <laughs> well, my husband had a chance to, to meet him. He worked for a TV station in Chattanooga, and they were there and did, you know, a whole interview type set, but he didn't know who they were, so he's like, eh, I don't need to go meet every, quote, celebrity that comes in. Ed, some guy named Steve. And, you know. Right. And then he found out, you know, he, I got him into them as well, and he really enjoys them now. And he's like, man, you know, hindsight. Could have been. Could have been. <laughs> well, Molly, if you're not watching Almost Famous or listening to Bare Naked Ladies or watching The West Wing, what else do you like to do outside of work? Gosh, uh, what else do I like to do? Um uh, you know, my husband and I have lots of hobbies. We, um, we, well, I don't ski anymore, but I drive to the mountain and make chili. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that works too. Enjoy the winter, um, as well as uh, the summer, we enjoy the ocean. So it's a great part about being in New England. We have both of those. And um, used to be a crazy dog lady. We lost our dog last year, but uh, you know, still a little bit of a crazy dog lady um, when it comes to uh, animal rescue and things like that. And um, 
mostly just kind of keeping up with the rest of life. You know, we have an old house that's always got a project going, so uh, keeps us busy. Those old New England houses. Exactly. <laughs> we have a new roof, so it's exciting around here. Oh, nice. So if you weren't in the HR analytic, analyst tech space, what do you think you'd be doing professionally? I don't know. I mean, I might still be in theater or I might be in some sort of teaching. I always said, I think, you know, being a stage manager was less my career than who I am because it's one of those jobs where if you do everything right, nobody knows. And if you do anything wrong, it's all your fault. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's also, you know, when I think about what it teaches you is it teaches you about how to create a space for people to be great. And I think there's, you know, lots of jobs where that can come in handy. Um, so something maybe like around teaching or helping people reach their potential, you know, would be something that I might enjoy doing. Nice. Well, Molly, I want to congratulate you. You survived the question connection. You survived Ooh. the conversation at large. And again, I, I so very appreciative of you taking part with us uh, on this oh, journey that we're yeah. taking. And, and again, I, uh, when, when I looked at the calendar, I said, I, I cannot think of a better person to, to say, you know, to be part of the Thanksgiving episode. Yes. So some of our listeners that may not know you or may not be following you, What's the best way for them to find you to find HR Gives Back? Yeah, Twitter's a great way, at Molly Lombardi, Molly with an I-E, Lombardi, like the trophy. Um, we can't <laughs> what I did, but if you look at my father-in-law's nose and uh, Vince, somewhere back in the old country, we must have some, uh, <laughs> some common answers. <laughs> yeah, so Molly with an I-E, Lombardi uh, on Twitter. Um, you can also find me at HR Gives Back on Twitter as well as hrgivesback.org, which is the website that has all the information about all the fundraisers we do. and has the blog for HR Gives Back uh, as well. Great. And we will have all that in the show notes too. Awesome. Mindy, how about you? How can the listeners find you? Best way is always on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. Daily is D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. You'll also find me on Twitter the fourth Sunday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern time as part of the HR Social Hour Twitter chat. So hopefully we'll see you all there. How about you, John? Easiest way to find me, if you go to hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com, you'll find links to all my contact information there. And while you're there, if there's an episode you haven't listened to yet, give it a download, like a listen, and leave a, leave a review. Rate and review in us is the best thing you can do. We are always thankful for reviews and uh, any way to help spread the word. So again, wishing all of you uh, stateside a very, very happy Thanksgiving. Yes. And so for the HR Social Hour Half Hour, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect, give back, and network. network. Take care, everyone. We'll see you soon. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs>